0: Assam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim. And this week Hussam has let me down. But last I, minute substitution. Last minute substitution. I have with me Bahrain's finest export, Tahir Adil, the poet, published poet. Would you like to plug your book?
1: No, I wouldn't. Lost, I'm Lost only, and only found. to be invited. Lost and co host is available everywhere. Everywhere in the world, in the world, except, and it's big except, in China. Your, uh, big, your book is big in big China. Big in China, not available in North Korea, obviously. Yeah, uh, we had a tourist <laughs> tour in Beijing, uh, Mexico, South America. So yeah, it's quite popular everywhere except the UK.
0: And actually, let's let's briefly, if you don't mind, talk about your poetry. Um, tell me a bit about it. So, what is it to tell? What, what what do you write about? What kind of poetry? So
1: I write about anything under the sun. Anything that inspires me, motivates me, moves me. Uh, i very pretentious right now. I like <laughs> it. This is what I was hoping for.
2: Carry on, Tahir,
1: please. He, so yes, and he's going to use this <laughs> in WhatsApp chat. So office. I
0: think just for full context for our yeah. listeners, Tahir is a, a very good friend of mine. We've uh, known each other a long time. Yeah. And he's he's liked to criticize the podcast in the past more to wind me up than than anything. So um, today he was in the area and Hussam was, was too busy to be with us. So I told Tahir that, why don't you jump on and actually take part in this yeah because then you might not criticize it so much and i'll still criticize it You're, you'll criticize yourself your own performance
1: that's how much you just don't like me people have a one-up sometimes it's my <laughs> debut as a, a podcast. I think it's gonna
0: probably a first and last let's see how, how you perform <laughs> but okay let's talk about the actual podcast so we're joined by aslan Tufani. yep um and we we're gonna talk about or we do talk about his um his quite fascinating life story um i think his his journey as well um through business and entrepreneurship and then ultimately talking about mentoring and working with young people and the work that he does there um
1: a- any anything else that i've missed no it's pretty much that that's pretty much everything i'm right? a bystander contributing here and there and you jump as in a, every now and then last minute substitute last minute sub
0: so you did i think you did well but we'll let the listeners judge if you want to hear more from Zahra, then feel free to get in touch and let us know and we can try and uh, bring him back in. Mm-hmm. But otherwise... Or this Or do is...
1: a coup and make my own podcast.
0: Or you can make your own podcast, but otherwise this is Tahir's Muslim first advice. and last uh, podcast appearance in our interview <laughs> with Aslan Tufani. So, salam Aslan. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Wa w- w- alaikum as my pleasure. <laughs> um, we have a special guest co-host with us in Tahir. Um and I just thought that we would kind of start from the beginning um which is your story. And in fact in fact let's let's rewind a little bit. So how we met initially mm. was we were both talking at a, at a local mosque um to parents about what was it about parenting? Yeah, parents youth I think. You don't have any kids though. I but don't you, but I mentor a lot of them. but you mentor a lot of I kids do mentor, yeah. yeah. Um, and at the time I don't think I had any kids either Alhamdulillah now I have one little yeah. one Mashaun. but we were talking to parents about what they can do to kind of be better parents with regards to so I was approaching from a social media angle um, and you were talking about the mentoring and the work that you've done in that regard. Um, so sorry someone's just taking a stumble in the office we'll we'll pretend that didn't happen Uh, um so yeah let's start from the top what's where did it all begin for you
2: yeah i mean uh you know um, it started with uh, my whole journey and uh, where i started from and where i came to and uh, my passion which is basically the youth and my belief in them uh, as they are the flag bearers for our future as muslims uh, and I think that day uh, I was probably the last speaker because there's like, mashallah, like four speakers. At, at the day. event, right? Yeah. At the event, yeah. So um, I was just waiting. And because I, I did a, quite a bit of talks for like the tech industry and, and, and business world, but this was my first time I was trying to uh, test out doing something in the mosque or doing something public. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know how it was going to go, but I did know that given the background and mentoring youth, I'm just gonna say it as it is is as it is, um because sometimes I find that there's a barrier between parents and youth, yeah. and it's not so healthy, and they should know the perspective from the youth uh so i that day I just basically told them what's some of the things that's happening. And why it's important to be active parents rather than you know passive inshallah things will work out you know in the uh, society modern society today i think we need to be uh, quite active and have a plan for our uh, you know children and youth and everything um but i think um i also gave some personal stories on on why it's important for me yeah which i think
0: are you happy um, to go into that again
2: I know, you know, you, you asked me before the podcast if I, uh, you know, I, I should come into that. And I did think about it because it's quite personal. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm dying. Is dying to hear this. I uh, love personal stories. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, the reason, the pure reason why I'm interested and passionate about the youth is basically my background. My background is uh, I come from an immigrant family. Actually, as a matter of fact, I came to the UK when I was about nine years old, nine, ten years old. Um, and that whole journey of coming here and then trying to adapt to this life as immigrants and and everything, it, it brought a lot of experiences for me, good and bad, uh, which um, brings me to my focus again, the youth. So I was around, I think, nine uh, when me and my parents, I mean, my parents decided to uh, come from, uh, you know, uh, Iran, leave the, the country and come for a better life. And it was after the Iran-Iraq war. The country wasn't doing so great economically and they wanted a better life. They wanted better education and so forth. So they decided to pursue the the dream. Um, so they decided to go. Initially, they planned to go to Canada because they, they thought it's a, it's a good country. But we ended up in the UK. So what normally and I fly around quite a bit. What normally takes around six, I don't know, hours to fly from Iran to the UK. It took us about a year and a half to get to the country because other countries yeah because you know we i mean my parents they they god bless them uh they didn't uh imagine it would be this tough they yeah. you know they wanted a better life i'm sure they watched some sherlock holmes and tv and thought you know we want we that's want the that. place to go that's the place to yeah, go yeah, right yeah. yeah and they decided and it was fun till turkey Uh, It was fun to Turkey Yeah it was fun because the Iranian passport Like you can get Legally you can come to the country and stuff Um, And then from there It was literally country to country The whole immigrant lifestyle And and everything was quite tough Um, I'll share one or two particular stories I I think that stuck with me One of them was coming to a country Former Yugoslavia Now Croatia Mm -hmm. When we arrived there The police arrested us And took us to prison camps now um you know how, I've been how old were you when all of this happened i think i was nine wow I was nine yeah so and my younger sister was seven so um normally you know you have refugee camps you have immigrant camps and everything they're open camps usually where you're allowed to leave um and go and come back mm. but this was an actual prison like they had the whole uniform and everything and, like hundreds of people inmates and this me and my sister and there's an, uh, there's another kid his name was milad i don't re- i don't forget his name uh he's also iranian and there's only three of us do you know where he is now i think he's ended ended up in germany okay yeah um so it's just us three kids and everyone's adults some obviously you know by the look at them they're not the best type of people you want to hang around with and we were stuck there for a long time We, we couldn't leave we couldn't see any lawyers nothing until my dad had to literally you know uh put his foot down uh which i won't get into details but they they had to they brought in people from the outside and realized their kids in there in this prison and they shouldn't be here mm. and they took us to an open camp and the journey continued country by country um i remember also arriving to france um and uh, they the police arrested us you know the usual we used to it by now and they separated my parents and us So they separated uh, my parents into uh, two different glass uh, cubicles. And they took the the, the kids, uh, me and my sister, uh, and took us to an orphanage. Um, And I remember that they clearly, I told my sister, I said, hey, look, they are probably going to try to keep us or something. And obviously I watched Home Alone, uh, so I had some ideas on how to escape. So I went up to the orphanage manager. There was a lady, and I said something in broken English, like, "Look, if you don't take us back to our parents, you see that window? Break it. We're gonna escape, uh, and we're gonna come into trying to find our parents." She said something in French. I didn't understand. I said something in broken English, and uh, you know, and at the end of the day, we uh, we had truth that okay, just rest tonight, and tomorrow we'll figure something out. Anyway, we go to. Uh, they give us a room, separate beds. Me and my sister. She was seven at the time. I was around nine. And I tell her that, hey, like, you can't sleep tonight because they might come and abduct us, right? And until today, she jokes about the fact that she slept. She stayed awake and I slept. <laughs> uh, oh, so you you slept? Yeah, yeah, because I, I was tired. I knocked out. Uh, cause oh wow! We, the whole yeah, honourable
0: big brother movie. Hey, I like that. Yeah, I told her, hey, you can't <laughs> sleep.
2: You know, we've got to stay up because you know they. Come and take us, um, and she. Until today, she jokes about the fact that I slept and she didn't. And anyway, the next day comes. They some. They bring in a guy, and he's quite being passive aggressive and some. You know, saying some uh, stuff in French. No idea what he was saying. I was, uh, you know, uh, still uh, sticking to my grounds and my guns, and I want my parents. Anyway, after some time, they bring us together. Now, this is the kid side of the story. My parents on the other side my mom kicked the door so much that she passed out she says six times she got up she realized the kids are not there the husband isn't there she must be hard on the parents yeah Yeah. kicking and screaming asking for her kids that's all she's asking for and my dad has just kept kicking the door until he ran out of gas basically um so this is the type of environment a lot of immigrants go today we see things happening in Yemen we see things happening in Syria we see things happening in different countries and I can really relate to that and that journey of coming to a better life. Hmm. A lot of these people really are people, like they had nothing to do with the war and the, poly- the dirty politics behind the war and who's winning what from that politics and those wars. And they are human beings that really want to live an ordinary life. So I relate to that, but coming to the UK, uh when we arrived here we just decided that that's it like normal, normal canada I, what, what, what were we going to do anyway swim swim to canada yeah. uh, i don't know um so canada was the final destination it course, originally course. was i think they figured that it's a very friendly country and yeah. i think it is right i've, I've been to canada i've, I've done some um, talks there hmm. very friendly people um very family you know oriented country and i see why um but you know a year and a half was enough, and I think everyone agreed. Uh, so we were looking forward to that Baker Street Sherlock Holmes lifestyle now after that journey. Like and everyone does. Yeah. Like everyone. And
0: I like how Sherlock Holmes is like the yeah, one. You know, you guys yeah, because
2: you used to watch that back in Iran, right? We, we, we used to watch that, and we used to also watch Poirot, like also. Oh yeah, the, um, the detective. The detective, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had a you know a vague idea what life in the UK like would what look it lived like. In cottages and. Yeah, or like Sweet. a nice suit, you know. <laughs> Everyone looks, wears a waistcoat yeah, and has like and a it, monocle and the uh, yeah, yeah, pocket it, watch, all exactly. of that. Exactly, he looked decent, you know. And I was like, yeah, I want that lifestyle. And the first place that we come to in London was Peckham. Peckham, a big difference to and <laughs> uh, for those who are <laughs> Londoners and know. Peckham is not the place where it's not the best of places to yeah. live, especially about twenty years ago. It's not Baker Street. It's not Baker Street, no. unless you're a loyal South Londoner. Then yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> Initially, we went to Brixton, I remember, yeah. and my mom was crying. And then later on, we got a house uh, in uh, Woolworth Road, which has got that Peckham culture, was, like very close to Peckham type of thing. Going to school there, going through the whole journey of uh, entering a school. Uh, don't speak the language you don't you look different as the immigrant kid you don't have the Nike shoes Um, you you speak funny uh, and everything that brings uh, me to bullying and everything else Uh, now my my father's side my uncles and everybody they are like boxing coaches and like alpha macho so and You know, I've learned a few things from them. And that got me in more trouble in school. Did they call you you the hurricane because of your surname? Oh, no. They're marking it. They they didn't get it. I I didn't know how to do it. Is Tufani Persian? No, as Uh, in it's
1: Arabic for hurricane. So I'm guessing Persian does the same same thing. So I would call myself a hurricane. That's why you're on the podcast today, (laughs) man. (laughs) (laughs) This is good background knowledge. (laughs) I I didn't
2: know. It's actually, I think I've heard it means Tufan means hurricane in Fulang, in Indian as well, I think. Possibly, Arabic for sure. I heard Tufao in Brazilian, but uh we'll yeah. have to we'll have to fact check that one
1: right? like, okay. and mma background course, cool. so that's, that's uh, exactly
2: it uh, yeah it wasn't well, well it wasn't you know uh, sometimes standing up to bullying and um, when you're on your own it can get you rushed if you know what that means in school that means yeah. that you gotta to toughen up but anyway kids are kids after a few years we got tougher skin and yeah. became part of the whole school system uh, eventually learned the language Mm. um, did good in you know relatively
0: good when you initially came over and started school were there any other ethnic minority kids in the school or were you like the only one
1: i think with peckham there must have been everybody
2: literally was Was ethnic ethnic minority but But it was
0: everyone turning on everyone yeah
2: because look it's poverty like um Every now and then, like people think of me, like when I do motivational talks, when I do business talks as an entrepreneur today, they think, "Oh, good life, easy, like all of this." But no, hold on a minute. Um, you don't know the story. Um, and sometimes people in the top judge those in the bottom and say that, "Oh yeah, well, why don't you do better? Why mm-hmm. don't you?" They don't understand. It's a culture. You're stuck. Yeah. Like you're trying to just survive. Yeah. yeah. Um, that sort of type of neighborhood. I had friends. Uh, that were unfortunately killed to uh, gun violence or people that I knew d- that died to gun violence I had friends stabbed to death and, and this type of thing people drug dealing and everything and it's a miracle that we kind of escape that environment because it's not the problem is not ethnic minority people it's poverty well, um, well, what
1: would your advice be to somebody stuck in that situation so I know a lot of people growing up similar economic backgrounds yeah. and then it's difficult you're they're surrounded their best friends are drug dealers or no drug dealers they're stuck in in that environment and it's impossible to get out but you have to tell them somehow you have to escape that sort of environment how would you advise somebody in that
2: predicament beautiful question look i did it the hard way mm. i wouldn't necessarily advise my way so what i did i started to I, after seeing some of my friends or people that i knew die and stuff i started to really think about next life what is death what does that mean am I going to a good place and everything and um, I remember I used to come to a mosque every now and then you know for very very special occasions and I saw the good people I really I'm like I don't look like these guys like if I die I'm not going to where they're going hmm. um, probably uh, given that all my surrounding people and my friends are I was kind of tried to be smart. I didn't do, I had, you know, you know my family uh, gave me some values like and I stuck by them. But I'm very lucky that I escaped uh, before becoming too much of uh, the same culture. Whereas you are literally living, you know, because yeah. you are the average of the five friends that you have. Yeah. It's a saying it's and I can. What, what does that mean? So basically look around you. Yeah. Look at the top five friends that you have. Close to you, Tahir is in that bracket. <laughs> we have a WhatsApp group, there's five of us. Car- carry on, s- slightly above uh, average. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're good, that's why you, got, you guys are doing amazing in the Muslim vibe, right? Tahir has no credit to take for the Muslim, vibe. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely clear, so, so, so subliminally inspired, One, 100% uh, clear. Tahir
1: has nothing, he, I'm all he's never done. Sure I mentioned a podcast before, and then Salim was like, Oh, you know what, podcast will be a great idea.
0: Uh, he's, he's okay, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so. <laughs> yeah you were saying five friends I've, I've got the five friends
2: yeah if you look into your average five friends you will be like them like you it's not like okay i will i will not do this i will not do that i will not drink i will not do drugs eventually you don't realize but you'll become like them so and i found myself uh, around a lot of questions okay i can't do this i can't do that and because i'm a muslim right and I, mm. I, I knew that much yeah at that age as a teenager and i'm like okay i'm not going to do these but I'll just stand aside while, for example, they're smoking what they're smoking, or what they're doing. And then at one point, I'm like, "This, this is a contradiction to, between me and those people that I see in the mosque. That are, I, I can see they're good people. That like, you want to aspire. I want to be like. Yeah. I want to be to you know like them. So one day I told God quite arrogantly, "May God forgive me. I'm like, I told him, I said, "You know what? For you, I want to come closer to you, and be a good Muslim. So for you, I'm going to cut all my friends. Mm. Uh, so guide me Little did I know It was God guiding me From the start It wasn't like me initiating Because he's always The initiator right uh, There's always a reason And wisdom behind everything um, So and I was And I caught all my friends mm. One night One day Just that's it But well, when you say You've got the privilege
1: As in Because obviously You've got an extracurricular life You've got a mm. home That is uh, Religious So you could There was not out for you With others There's po- possibly Not that same you know exit strategy if you call it
2: that. Mm, yeah i mean my family are good people a lot of mm. them i love them to death mm. most of them are very secular though so yeah. i don't come from a very religious background i'm yeah. very religious now my immediate family are very religious today but we became religious we yeah. were not religious we were just muslims that we had just, morals in place yeah, yeah exactly that really really helped um we knew there was a quran you know yeah. we knew there was the prophet and the family and yeah. the sahab and, so that really, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, asking the question, who am I as my identity? Yeah. I start to look at these people and realize that, okay, they're great people. And uh, one of the, a few people really uh, were my rock. As in like, this is when I'm in a low place or when, I, when things are hard, like I'll remember them and move forward. And uh, that's definitely the Prophet and his family. Definitely Imam Hussein. when I learned more about his story. And his sacrifice and that he didn't need to die the way he did uh, he could have just accepted um the uh you know the thulam or the injustice that was happening but he made a stance and he uh, you know ultimately gave everything that he had on this path so i realized this islam that i have in front of me it's more than uh just a name that people great people have died for they've made great sacrifices for but what is this and I just, when I start reading about the characters I realized there's a big difference between where they are and where I am, where I want to be, right? I made that decision to cut all my friends. I trusted God. It was hard for the year, first year or two because, you know, um, we are tribal beings, like we like to be in groups. Right. We like to hang around, you know, have a social life. Um, and Alhamdulillah, when I went to university, I found the best friends and we are still friends today. Mormon, proper. And uh, I learned a lot from them. And the journey went on from there uh, to what does that perfection mean? What am I working towards? Who do I want to be as a person Uh, and and, and everything? So that definitely um, had a major impact uh, sort of um, in my life. Yeah. And then what kind of led you to, to
0: getting into working with young people? Um, And also, I think, actually, before we get to that, what's interesting is um, the notion of social mobility that you spoke about earlier, where and you were discussing this as well, that like it's, I think even at like a governmental level, they like to say that social mobility is easy. You know, you can come here as an immigrant, you can work hard, work out of being in a working class family into middle class. And and it's very easy. But I think what I was kind of alluding to is that the reality is, it's actually very difficult. Um, And it probably requires quite a lot. And and, and obviously, you know, yourself, you're a kind of an example of someone that's, you know, changed his life by literally making very difficult decisions, which wouldn't be easy. It's almost counterintuitive, as you said, Mm. to almost abandon your tribe, like you mentioned, right? You cut out your friends because you saw something that you wanted and it was your aspiration. But the difficulty for a lot of people is how do you envisage something so big in the future Um, and practically implement the change today? Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question and it's out there because obviously what uh, is happening today in society is not working. Like, um, and those at the very bottom, um, they don't have the same ambience when they go to school. They don't have the same education level. They don't have the same services. Ultimately, what they get in that sort of environment and that energy and that um uh, sort of platform that they are in they will be stuck in that because that's what they know yeah they, you know and that's what they relate to at one point it becomes their identity yeah right um so i don't agree with the notion of oh yeah here's the hierarchy work with yourself uh, your way up and uh eventually become middle class and above because once that education is not there once There's not people coming to those schools and telling them, okay, this is uh, actually this is the way out. Once you don't have mentors telling them, okay, this is my story and this is how I came out of this and this is the way. Once you don't have that connection, that sort of uh, communication between these different classes, it just doesn't work because... First of all, the, as the sooner uh, the the moment you walk in, for example, as a rich person or someone from the government that want to give an inspiration and talk to a school in a very bad neighborhood, they are already judging you. As somebody that not it's not one of them, right? They are already thinking, oh, is, what does this guy know? Yeah, right. So this is, I guess, one of the reasons why I get in touch uh, with quite a few personal things, which I don't prefer to, but I think it will help relate to people and say hey okay this is what i went through and i obviously this is a podcast and uh, i'm not sharing everything here but um i think uh as you know from my talks that i asked not to be recorded yeah a lot of people you know resonate and and we get in touch from there and we move forward um because it's easier said than done Mm. right people need to know okay this is the same guy that was around peckham this is the same guy that was in the same situation that I was in but eventually he he maybe succeeded right so what i did for example um i went to university very hard i you know um i chose a topic to please my parents i think software engineering um, because I, I couldn't Classic. be a yeah yeah <laughs> I couldn't be a medical person because I think I was still struggling with learning English at the time yeah um, and I failed that my GCS is first time I I got like five Cs and then I went back into retake them I got A's like like A stars A's because I was still improving at the time right I was yeah. learning the language I was um, also um, determined uh, because before I knew it I was uh, sitting uh, exams to decide what I'm doing for the rest of my life. But later on I went into university did something I didn't want to do I had to endure it I got my degree and I got very lucky I believe my parents prayers perhaps had something to do with this The first job I landed was a very good in a very good company in a mar- mar- uh, marketing technologies company and a uh, good brand good great name international company and I worked my way up uh, and then I went to different companies in the same sector, became a, like a project manager and then I became a team leader, consultant. Before I know it, I'm like the third person in the European division of a company that we sold eventually to, that was sold eventually to Oracle for about $200 million, right? Um, so I moved away from that. Uh, one day I come home to my parents and say, you, you know what? And they're thinking, yeah, finally, you know, we're making it, you know, my children, you know. And I come one day and say, you know what? I quit. And they're like, What what do you mean? We came all this way. How um, old were you then? Oh, this this is I think I was uh, still probably in mid twenties. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah mid twenties. Uh, but as I said, I got very lucky with yeah. my career and I really jumped up the sta- uh, the the ladder very quickly, alhamdulillah. So I come home and said I quit. I wanna start my own business. I tried doing it part time, it, it didn't really work. So I had to jump in. I was Getting a very good salary at the time, everyone was happy. We moved away from that neighborhood to a very good neighborhood. Uh, everyone was trying their best in the family and, and yeah. having some level of success, right? And they were petrified, right? And for all the right reasons, I, I, I failed a few times. Eventually, alhamdulillah, got lucky uh, with one of, the, one of my companies and things went from there. So coming back into the question, it's my motivation, right? Because I feel the pain of somebody that's stuck. I feel somebody's pain that wants to better their life, but they're stuck in their situation. They don't know what to do, where to look at. The amount of books that i read or listened to in, uh, in the audio books that's help, for example, if I can just give them a list of that and say, hey, read these, that, this will help you. Let's check out this podcast. Hang around with this type of friend. You know, I have one of my students that I mentored he came to uh, to me on the mosque the other day. He said, "You changed my life. Like you, you started my my journey." I remember him, you know, because he's changed so much now. It took a while for me to click. Who is this kid? Uh, he was this annoying kid at the time, and and he would agree today in school. And I, and 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 um, and I would mentor him on the side and uh, and stuff. And Do you now find more f-
1: success uh, with children or or teens that follow the same blueprint as you? I, I think coming through a. From a great background. I
2: mean, they come in varieties. Some of them are already successful, but they have problems at home. Some of them have problems with making friends. Some of them uh, have problems getting a job. Some of them have problems finding a career. Some of them have even mental health problems, which then I have to talk to them and then maybe connect them with professionals and so forth so everyone has their issues like everyone has something that they need help with and uh, maybe an older brother to uh, or older sister to tell them what Mm. uh, works for them maybe it works for for them as well you know
0: I think what's what's also quite uh, interesting and important about this and it's something that I've realized that I probably do informally from like a business perspective is that I always check in with people that are older and wiser and more experienced than me um, and get feedback, get their thoughts, learn from them, f- learn from them, because ultimately we always need people who have done. There's always someone that's done something similar to what you've done yeah. or has experienced what you've experienced. And the best thing we can do is learn from them and like have that humility that, you know, I, I don't know everything. Let me try and benefit from that. So I realized that I do that, for example, in in a work capacity, um, but also in a personal capacity, it's really important that we're able to find people Um, Be it our own age, peer group or people that are older that we can look to and turn to for that kind of, um, and essentially it's mentoring. Um, And it's it's something that we often talk about like in school. I remember we had like mentor schemes set up at school where when I, I think when we first got into high school, the older kids, there's like one older kid. Responsible for two younger kids and like just, to, you know, make sure they're okay and show them around and stuff You had yeah. that in high school? We had that yeah,
2: in high, yeah. school. high school You <laughs> have yeah. that as well? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah later on I wish I a year older
1: and oh, So yeah. that, that brings up the question is have you ever seen uh, a teen and you felt out of touch because I've got a younger brother He's 20. Right. And I've started taking out urban dictionary because I don't understand what he's uh-huh. saying I take out
0: urban dictionary when I'm talking to you. Exactly. Uh-huh. So there is a generation Sometimes
1: touch. there's a generation gap even with yeah. somebody that comes up from the same household as you same upbringing as you but a couple of years makes a huge difference so have you come across somebody and you're like you know what i'm out of touch a bit not really because
2: every time that somebody's come to talk to me or a parent have put their youth in touch with me or or um uh, i speak to the youth in in our communities they genuinely want to talk about a problem so they already know that there's a problem they really? want to talk. They don't want to talk about I don't know the latest games on PS4 mm. with me. I mean, like we could talk about it, but um, they generally know that they want mentorship. or they want to speak to an older brother yeah. or older sister, whatever. Uh, in my case, I usually deal with the men side of things, the boys. Yeah. Um, and so they just want to talk about their problems. I remember one time I was in a mosque and it was a high season in the mosque, one of these festive times. Mm. And one of my students came and say, or one of my people that I uh, mentor and came and said to me, Ah. Oh, I really need to talk to you and this is like uh, you know a very important night and i'm like okay let's go so i I leave the mosque and we have a walk um in in the high street and this is like late in the evening and he starts talking to me about for example he's now fallen in love and he doesn't know what to do and he's crying because there's issues in the parent side and everything and everything and and for me being there for that person uh, sometimes is even as valuable or if, if not more than going and doing an extra prayer in the mosque sometimes because that kid if I don't listen to him his parents might not listen to him because it's a very awkward yeah. situation right certain things you probably don't want to talk to your parents about and yeah. maybe you should and that's the job of the parent to really create that environment and platform where the youth can come and talk to them but I'd rather listen to this youth and his problem uh, because I know if he doesn't have someone to talk to this will become a bigger problem uh, he might make the the wrong choices yeah uh which he's gonna be probably stuck with the, the rest of his life now i didn't have mentors growing up because i was the older of the two yeah uh my parents were also doing their best and they did amazing Alhamdulillah, but also they were busy being immigrants at the same time um so i didn't have the older brother to talk to in certain things so i had to really go and figure things out mm. um So I don't, I just feel the pain of that youth and I don't want them to go through the same thing. And I think, honest to God, all of us sort of elders, like uh, when I say elders, you know, we're not that old, but you know, those who are slightly older than those younger people, they have something to give and they should, because look, they are the future. We are carrying this flag until to a certain amount of time. God knows how long we're living, Mm -hmm. right? But if we don't give back to the youth, don't count on them making us proud in the future especially as every year goes on things are becoming more difficult for some for us sometimes as uh, I think my minorities and and so forth so they already many of them think about it this way they already don't feel like they belong at some of their schools some of them have problems at home I've dealt with multiple cases where there's problems at home for example um, they're poverty they, they, have, they are stressing because they're young people they, they have their hormones kicking in they don't know what to do about it they have so many issues and the very least that we could do is just be, be there for them like give them some guidance you mentioned the example of, of a person coming up to you yeah. you also have
1: that lost generation of people that aren't brave enough to go up to a mentor or somebody older
2: Right So how do you access uh, This group of people Right and- I, I, Yeah th- this is a good question I don't think I'm, It's because I'm brave Or anything it's, I think because it's, it's the pain that I felt uh, mm. In that age um, Sort of And the responsibility That I feel As I told you earlier All the people That made sacrifices Yeah For what we see As, as Islam today So you seek out
1: People that you think might potentially have problems
2: so what i do generally um now i've become more active on social media yeah. i used to it's been like a year or two where I've, i'm starting to put things out there before i used to be very much behind the scene i'm in the mosque word of mouth and everything um and like just just being there but now i'm, I'm starting to like uh, you know put it out there you know it, it was tough because i have my professional life as well yeah. um which i need to make sure that you know, uh, it, it doesn't get affected in a negative way uh, or anything like that, because I do speak in the tech world and the business world as well. Uh, but I think it, it came to a point where I said, you know what, I don't really care. Like, I need to reach to as many people as possible. For example, some of the statistics that we're looking at last two decades alone, we've had a rise around 50 percent on uh, mental health problems within the youth and young people. 50 percent rise. And that's continuously on the rise right so if you already look we're in big city cities for example some mm-hmm. people are in small cities different communities the amount of things that a young person has to deal with today is much more difficult than what we had to probably go through right the g- generations before i'm sure everyone had their issues to deal with i had mine as you can tell from the story but I think it sometimes can be tougher for the next generations, right?
0: Can I ask, is that perceived problems or actual problems? And what I mean by that... Yeah. Does that is include that, self-reported? No, rate? no, I'm talking about like social media, for example. Because social media has created extra problems for young people with regards to cyberbullying and, and yeah. all of this kind of trolling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I would almost see that as like a we've created that problem for ourselves. Mm. No one told you to be on social media. Do you, know what, do you yeah, know what I mean? But it's a trend, right? But if, it's a
2: trend. If you're not on it, you're going to be the awkward one out. Of yeah, the but, one out, yeah.
0: But where, in, I, I guess the, the question is what are the problems that kids are facing today that maybe we weren't when we were
2: growing up? I think um, the most, probably uh, the biggest ones I can think of, or the ones that I get as feedback and, and the statistics that I, that I look at is because social media we mentioned it briefly and also smartphones the whole digital everything yeah um it's really got them out of touch with sometimes even reality right uh so we as uh, you know we are tribal beings we mentioned that earlier and we really need to be you know speaking face to face we need really need that communication We're, like back in the day let's say in a tribe some generations ago you would meet your uncle and your neighbor and your cousin and your friend like 30 times in a day yeah you felt safe in a way that you are with a same you know with amounts of people you're, you're with a group of people and you have the same cause you have the same identity that made you comfortable that made you feel like okay everything's fine we're in a family we're in it together today we have big cities and everyone's in their houses or in, in their rooms and, and just t- trying to talk com- converse through uh so we're isolated yeah we are isolated really? we might not know that we are isolated yeah. but subconsciously i think yeah. a lot of them are starting to feel the pressure they they are feeling uh their um you know the mental health uh stresses and and and, and the bad you know the feel bad hormones per se rather than the feel good hormones and and slowly slowly a lot of people are falling into the trap of being alone and and being okay with that for example we are having less phone conversations even because everything's on whatsapp Mm. your your immediate mind thinks that you're conversing with your friend you send a bunch of text messages okay uh, cool I, I spoke to my friend Amir for example but no your inner nature wants to see Amir or whatever your friend's name is face-to-face and have a laugh right and by uh, that's one thing the other thing is all the pressure on social media for example you're putting a picture up and you're thinking about those likes whether my nose is looking good whether i'm, I'm saying the right things Whether I... yeah, definitely iranian mentioned yeah. <laughs> nose yeah iranians uh, have yeah. i think i've broken my it's nose it's such a subconscious thing <laughs> i don't know maybe yeah. i don't know I th- it's I've... okay we, we all have <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I've, I've broken my nose but i think uh, in uh places in yeah. Places probably doing what,
1: <laughs> So we deem ourselves More interconnected But in reality yeah. We're not
2: We're not connected There's a strong disconnection Between yeah. us And people yeah, You know We're bigger than uh, We've ever been In terms of tribe Big cities Yeah, yeah. Nobody's connected As much as before
0: One of those More Facebook friends More Instagram followers More Twitter followers Than people we know
1: And we're lacking Human connection Yeah. Well, we've explained the problem But doesn't That make the resolution Even easier If you think about it Because you're more connected you could connect yourself with uh, a counselor a mental health expert
2: i think that you there are uh, you know mm. benefits to in the internet there yeah. are benefits to having social media but the reality is it's the most anti-social thing that you could do being yeah. on social media it's 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 definitely not working uh, in a sense that look at the statistics we look at, you know there's a strong correlation with all these mental health problems with when social media was introduced yeah right and we're looking at real statistics and i think we need to counter that as the next steps so we talked about the youth and and the help that they need we talked about men- mentorship as for the next step ne- uh, i really urge everyone listening and everyone everyone that can offer something to reach out offer those services or offer those just being there for the next generation because having those issues doesn't help having uh, those problems doesn't help not knowing what to do doesn't help yeah. them grow uh, and so forth but how, how practically what does that mean yeah so yeah. let's say i'm a person
1: let's yeah. give an example so i've got a son who's a year old now yeah. And Salim's got a daughter who's a similar age okay. And soon, six years from now They're going to know about social media You mentioned how antisocial social media is mm. uh, But if they become the outcast The one kid without social media Or less social media than the rest Could that potentially give rise to problems Bullying and so? <sighs> where What's your stance on this And th- how do we approach this situation
2: I think it's a brilliant question And I think it should be studied mm. uh, By professionals in this field mm. Um, I don't know what to say and and, and predict. Yeah, we we've um, literally had this, this debate, debate, yeah, between us, really. And
0: yeah, we've talked about it because it's like this. Is the, the the question is, and we, you know, there's a group of us, like I mentioned, this kind of yeah. what's our group that we have. We've all got kids, pretty much, yeah. around the same age, and so we're all having these same discussions about like, okay, I want to insulate my kid from YouTube, from cartoons. From playing games on a tablet right yeah. and we had this whole conversation and then we started literally googling stuff. there's a
1: million layers to it like you know kids can be very very sharp growing up if you had a nokia and you played snake and your friend had a motorola with no snake then that was bullying perfect for bullying so he'd end up being you know Darius had like, a very tough upbringing. Yeah, you, <laughs> <know. laughs> you know, M- M- Motorola, <laughs> and Nokia. Like, no, 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 but that, that shows you how shallow and <laughs> no, basic the it, levels are. And there's so many levels to it. And now, with social media that increase the la- the layers of how many you know Im- uh, things that could potentially impact, how many factors can impact a child. Uh, so, where do we stand as parents? Where do you stand as somebody who advises parents?
2: I think it's very important to be very smart with this. You don't want to create more barriers between as. Uh, apparent with your youth your chart yeah because once you become that uh person that's always saying no i like and you're on the way of that kid being a normal uh, air quotes uh, in school and 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 being like everyone else because you're putting your foot down saying no to this no to that no to this eventually that gap will be wider and wider and before you know it your kid will not come and tell you that there's a problem in school mm. right so there's that I, I get that but that doesn't mean that we are totally you know what what can we do just uh, let them be uh, i think uh, there, there can be a good balance i went to one of my friend's houses uh, not long ago um, and i was he's got children and uh, one of them i think four. one of them like two and, I, you know, I'm very... Obs- I've tried to be observing what's going on in the family. I'm, I'm speaking to him. And I realize that one of the children, he's being very, uh, like, loud and stuff. But to sh- sort of make him quiet, the first thing they do is give him a tablet. Watch this. Go on to YouTube. Daddy Finger or whatever they watch. It's, it's really, really annoying cartoon stuck in my head ever since. But he's watching this thing, and he's quiet now, right? And... I turn around and uh, the wife is on on her phone he's only talking to me because I'm there right he has to um as a as a a guest if I wasn't there what would he do on the on the be on the ps4 I don't know but this is not normal like everyone's neck was was down there was no sense of connection now I went over and over to their house I realized that 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 pattern is there yeah right and me as a friend I have to be very careful of telling my friend hey listen like yeah. you're, you're not raising your life wrong yeah and you know especially when it comes to uh, kids and youth and, and you know it's very personal you don't want to yeah. tell parents hey you're doing it wrong like you, you gotta be but i'm i i'm also a friend like i can't let this part because i know if this continues they will have problems going yeah. in the future i'd rather see that kid run, chase the sister or, or the neighbor's friend hurt them their knees falling down on the concrete floor and have fun growing up yeah, more than them. RSI. Yeah. Or something. No, yeah. We've we've had
1: that similar discussion before, and I think sometimes, Good. as you know, pre-parent uh, parenthood, I looked at that. And you know what? And we all looked at it. Mm. Tablets are a bad thing. As in the unanimous, unanimously agreed, tablet time is a no. Mm. But then you start having that kid, and then you realize you need a little break. You need half an hour, an hour. That turns into. Two. And it's difficult. It's mm. difficult to get out of that I'm habit sure. once it starts.
0: And I think also the ease of, of pre having kids, yeah. like you live your life, you're not really conscious of, of these kinds of things, what you're watching, how often you're watching and everything else. And it's only when you have a kid and then you realize that you're sat on your phone and then all of a sudden your kid just wants to look at your phone screen. They don't mm. even know what they're doing. Right. You're sitting there on
1: WhatsApp, but they just seen you doing that and they just want to do the same thing right and it's 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 scary yeah a lot of it is setting examples so if somebody is on their phone but doesn't want their son on their phone or their daughter on their phone then that's where the problem is um if you're not setting an example then don't expect it's like the classic one as well
0: it's like in in muslim houses it's very often like the dad will be sat there watching tv going all right kids it's salah time go pray yeah but
1: the example's (laughs) not
2: being set whilst whilst like changing the channel oh my god go pray yeah i know this i was in a gym one time in, in the middle east and mm. the gym owner um i remember a builder came into the gym and we were just pumping weights and he came and asked you were he
0: bodybuilding could... he was building so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, just he, to he, clarify yeah <laughs>
2: and he came in and asked he was outside the gym he came in and asked if you can use the bathroom yeah and the gym owner lied and said we don't have a bathroom and the kid was there he was maybe seven eight his son he, the look that he gave to his father, oh my God, what just happened? He lied. Yeah. I never forget, I couldn't let it go. I went to the father and said, hey, you just, um, I'm paraphrasing, it's been a long time, uh, but I basically told him, you just told your son how to lie. He just saw you yeah. lie. Don't you dare Vicarious basically he think him, yeah. he's not going to be a liar when he grows up. Yeah. The best type of parents that we've seen is those that are metaphoric. They do it. Mm. They don't even have to say it twice because that child that looks up to the parent now Hmm. because of the values that they have they see that parents is doing it he's the one gets up for salat first or she's the one who's uh, getting them up and she's the one that's always patient so don't you dare tell me don't be patient if you're not gonna i'm not saying this is how you should think but subconsciously some of us would think like that you know Um, So where's
1: the division You mentioned now active Is that active parenting You have to You have to look But they say You know When you're a good parent You're also passive To uh, to a degree Right So how passive do you have to be And how active do you have to be You have to choose your
2: battles Right You have to choose wisely Uh, You can't be passive entirely But look I put on my business uh, For a moment Like I I tend to think Like everything Like okay I need a plan So literally Write a a 10 Page business plan If you have to do your market research if you have to. What is the latest trends or what is the latest information from mental health perspective and psychology? What does it say about raising kids? Mm. What are the Islamic perspectives? What should I be doing? What should I not be doing? What are the different ages and stages of a child's life? The fr- first seven years, the second seven years, the third seven years. Mm. And how do I have to change in within uh, within these stages? Some people for example some parents like they cling on to that ch- uh, child on the third stage which where you're supposed to create a friendship let them go yeah you're, well, you're supposed to create a, bit, a friendship yeah. and trust like you become a sort of a mentor someone that gives advice but they they want the best for their child and they cling on and they try to rule what the child should do and that creates more distance mm. so we need to know what Those are different the strategies ratios and it, different stages Absolutely we need to know mm. exactly like we have to be active we need to read the books uh, you mentioned uh, what? What do parents do if they're on their phones themselves in the chat? Look, there's a book called Digital Milan, uh, Minimalism. Minimalism. Yeah, I can't say that word. So there's a book on that. Read it. Listen to it
0: style you're taking notes yeah like um, i put
2: a link at the end of it right digital minimalism i yeah. recently listened to this book on uh the amazon thing List audible to on, a di- on a digital device yeah i did the irony yeah i mean yeah you <laughs> use it for good use it for good yeah. i listen to this book because i commute and i want to make the most of my time while yeah, i'm traveling yeah, yeah. i don't want to waste time so I'm, tra- I'm traveling or driving i'm listening to podcasts or radio or uh, not radio um, uh, audiobooks read this book I even uh, immediately went and ordered a brick phone after this book, right? Really? And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get on it because I want to put my phone, and I've recently started putting my phone into a different room. Like I, I want to be there. I because it's more difficult for me because my I might have to manage my team or like my company through my phone a lot. It's very useful for me. Yeah. But when I'm at home, I want to start practicing. Look, I don't want this. Like my life, I want to be active. That's that's one thing, in regards to the parenting the other thing is we're talking about mentoring right mm. i'm i truly believe everyone has something to offer so look, think about charity a lot of times one of the tricks of the shaitan, let's say mm. is that it was definitely a trick for me you know what as I do charity when you hit that first million dollar right for example get put all your effort put all your life into a business and then when you become wealthy very wealthy then you start to do charity in africa or i don't know in different countries Mm. or whatever and then i realize if i don't practice giving charity from now yeah and this is years ago when i do have more money i'm not gonna, i'm not used to it you won't know how to you do won't it. know how to yeah, And maybe yeah, i don't yeah. want to because i don't have the habit now it's everything all of our lives is built around building habits yeah right so my thing is if you're a professional working in the city if you're a professional i don't know working in a bank if you're a content manager if you're a digital marketer if you're a designer everyone has something to offer as charity to younger people for example they don't know what to do with their careers I had that issue. I didn't know what I was doing. Right? What A levels do I have to choose? What What's the path to take, and everything? One of the things that we can also give back to the future of our next generation is help them in that regard. Coming to that, sh- uh, recently, um, I've been uh, coming to develop a an accelerator uh, for Muslims. So I, you know, I mentor and, and startups as well. I, I advise board members and their companies as well. So i've seen a lot of companies and i've failed um, a few times myself in companies and had some success as well so i have an idea of what uh, sort of advice is uh, to give um alhamdulillah so what i want to do uh what i'm doing right now actually i'm, I'm uh this is really uh, uh really really fresh and uh, definitely happening inshallah. And, inshallah and it's the first time i'm saying it on online um, i've been gathering my crowd and my network and we're getting an actual building inshallah okay, sure. where young professionals or adult young adults that have some experience come in as mentors to give the youth their expertise and uh, guidance into whatever that they want to do if it, whether it is a project that they want to do let's say some child someone's daughter she's only 16 she wants to do charity she doesn't know how to do fundraising mm. There will be, a, I'm sure there's a Muslim professional that's actually a professional in fundraising okay. that they can tap into and get the advice and so forth. I don't like uh, us sitting and being passive. Like they have, we have so much to offer, especially the youth, because they have the energy. We have the experience. Yeah. If we can mix the two, yeah. give them the guidelines as all the mentors and all the professionals. Okay, you want to start up a business, right? Here is the list of mentors that you can talk to in different fields. Come into that accelerator, come into that hub and put your idea into action. Put your idea into action. Action. I'd rather see a bunch of people making some failures and learning than waiting for that million dollar one day to maybe offer some charity. No. Everyone has something to offer whether it's your time, whether it's your advice, your experience. We, everyone that I know, especially the adults, we have something to offer. The younger generation. No, it's not just we the have younger generation. Active. You can mentor people of your sa- the same generation as you. Absolutely. <laughs> don't look uh, at me like that. <laughs> uh, uh, by, uh, absolutely. You know. And that having said that. Yeah. We are also going to have. Like psychotherapists. And yeah. therapists. And uh, as well. Like let's say somebody comes in. And they have a, an issue to deal with. They don't know how to have uh, solve this problem. Yeah. In that center. We will put them in touch with the relevant people. And mentors. At the right time. To be able to give them that sort of mentorship. Um, So is this
1: organization off the ground yet? Or
2: is this in pipeline? Yeah, so everything's pretty much done. We're looking at buildings now. uh, And uh, I've been talking to people and also in the community. Some of them are offering buildings. Come use our building. It's a great initiative. Because, you know, we've done a lot of this type of stuff in the tech world. um, And incubators and accelerators for ideas, for growth. This would be an incubator for the young Muslims to grow, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in your professional life, you go to a place, let's say it's a Friday, and you have as a professional and adult, you have two hours to give on that Friday or a Wednesday, whatever, after work. You can come and see that young uh, man or young uh, woman as a Muslim um, and offer your advice and what you think that they could benefit with. Hmm. This is building the future. Uh, We have to be active about the future. This passive thing I don't agree with I think many of you would agree. We need to be hands on. Whether it's parenting, whether it's mentoring, whether it's uh, just being a member of the community, because right. the future doesn't wait. For, uh, for, uh, you know, for us, we have to go and make it. Mm-hmm. I really don't believe in being passive and waiting for things to happen. You got to go make it yourself. Mm-hmm. So,
1: this mentoring platform, do you have a website at the moment? Uh, an yeah. Instagram page, a Facebook page?
2: Yeah. So I'm gonna actually get all the build because it takes a few. I'm sure it will take a few months to get yep. the paperwork and the contracts and everything. Um, but inshallah once I launch it It will be on my social media Aslan.Tufani uh, So uh, I'm sure whoever wants to You know for those who are uh, able to give Charity for all, If it's your time, your profession, your advice Get in touch If you're a young person That want to talk to somebody Get in touch Let's do something Yeah. Um, yeah that's, I,
0: I, I love the attitude And I think even from the, the time that we first met And you gave that talk um it it's really stood out in my mind and, and there was one thing that you mentioned and you mentioned it today briefly um but I think you dwelled on it more the last time which was about how because of the circumstances of you coming to this country and the experience that you had and your parents having to work hard as you said as being immigrants and just surviving um you had to learn a lot for yourself and you had to really kind of feel your way around and make the mistakes and you now, I guess, like you said, wanna be there for people in that position that you were in Mm. um, to be able to offer experience, to be able to offer insight and and someone to talk, to be an older brother and a mentor. Um, And I, I, I love how, I guess, out of the adversity of the situation and the circumstance you were in, you've then made that something positive and almost pivoted your whole life towards working in that cause. Does that make sense? Is yep, that correct even like do you do you agree with what i just
2: said yeah i think uh, uh, absolutely and and i have to on my parents defense i think we're all as a family learning yeah, what yeah. it meant to be an immigrant No, I, a lot of my success really goes back into them and their hard work and sacrifice yeah, no, for sure um and them giving me a basin of the religions for me to later on go learn it more and, and come back with more of that uh, mm-hmm. for my family as well um and everything you know the sacrifice and 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 the love and everything so i'd like to um, add that Uh, but after that yeah you're you know uh, you're absolutely right and we have to be active there's no especially for the next generation given the statistics that i'm looking at we can make a difference honest to god because at the end of the day your child your grandchild will be affected because if we don't create an environment a platform where people are growing yeah that beautiful positive ambience that vibe that everyone's growing in that platform if it's not there my own child will be affected my own grandchild will be affected we need to have a voice we need to have more professionals we need to have more Muslims giving more charity as, as a as a group not just because you know we are alhamdulillah Muslims they're very chari- you know we are very charitable as you know and a lot of statistics show that but bringing people together as also as a voice and also what uh, the Muslim vibe is doing uh, because tomorrow we have a voice if we have more people successful whether it's uh, saying no. Let's say in 20 years time they come and say that you have to take your hijab off. Why? Because we didn't have a, a, a strong base on of entrepreneurs or successful people that could have stepped in and told the politicians actually, no, if you're right wing, for example, you're taking, uh, we're not going to have that because this is a democracy, right? Mm. If we don't have those strong connections, if we are not successful, the next generations will suffer and we're not going to have that. I'm not going to have it. You're not going to have it. Let's make a difference. Uh, and I want more, to, uh, you know, once we succeed more, we can give the world more. I really believe start with your family, start with yourself, you and God, and then develop that into start giving to your family first. Mm right and then your community and then the wider global community we should we can have more people for example doing recycling i don't know start a stop a, start, a start up a company a business or a company charity to start tackling the uh, recycling issue or start uh, helping the environment uh, help with education it's not just us for muslims right we need to also look at the wider global community the only way that I see that happening is if we succeed and have something to say, and that we need uh, uh, perhaps for us to come together as teams. so this is called it's going to be called the hub uh, and the uh, there's an idea, clever a uh, so-called clever idea behind the hub hub Arabic love. Mm, nice. so it's it's a place where we'll come together and also it will help us being together as you know be, you know tapping into that tribal nature of us. Coming together as a whole, finding that strength and that identity, having the older brothers and sisters to guide, and inshallah things will look good.
0: Inshallah, that sounds brilliant. Um, and I mean, I, I love the how that's kind of the culmination of of the years of experience and work that you've been doing in, in the area. Um, and and I guess we wish you all the best. Daher,
1: yeah. any any final thoughts, remarks? And I was just really interested in your turning points. So with this hub, would you be focusing on people's turning points, like you mentioned? Uh, previously you left your group of friends Mm. and that was a turning point Mm. later on the second turning point was you leaving your job so somebody growing up listening to this podcast would say I'm in a similar journey where's my turning point should I do something as extreme as that Uh, is that something that a discussion they could perhaps have in the hub with you
2: yeah Mm. uh, absolutely the main thing that we'll be doing in the hub inshallah is Mm. firstly listening yeah it's a key skill. Yeah. And some of us I had to go learn that. Because sometimes we like to give uh, a solution before listening. Yeah. So we wanna train also the people. We wanna actually actively listen to see what the problem is. Uh, what what, and what are the potential of this young person in front of me? What are they a math do they have a mathematical brain? Do they have an artistic brain? Uh, where could they be suited for? Uh, what? How can they be, uh, give benefit to the society And their family growing up The first thing is listening And then identifying yeah. Who that person is in front of me And then comes in the giving the solutions And and uh, giving advice and everything So absolutely It's going to be a place inshallah As I said uh, This will be happening very soon uh, uh, We're looking at places to, uh, to, to rent out Or uh, contract out or whatever and There are also some it seems like some free options there's some community members like them as well you know we have so much resources that no, we don't utilize yeah. we don't utilize it we yeah. have people that want to give their money we have people that want to give their time we have people that want to receive that we're gonna bring it together inshallah so that sounds brilliant and uh, so yeah it's... and
0: let us know if there's anything that we can do to help out tahir is uh, bahrain's finest export um mm-hmm. as, as a, a poet and is happy to deliver workshops every day after school. Mm. Five PM onwards, you're perfectly <laughs> fine, right? No? That's exactly it. Five PM onwards. <laughs> Five um, yeah. But no, you, you're right though. I, ultimately, there is so much talent. Even like I look around at like the Muslim Vibe team, mm. um, probably pretty much myself excluded. Everyone is very talented. <laughs> um, be it like website design and development, video producing, writing content, filming. The full works, and, and there's. There's so much. Then we have so much skill um, and experience to offer, mm-hmm. but often it's like I think the difficulty is bringing the two together. Right. Like we don't know where these young people are yeah. that want to get into this stuff mm-hmm. and that want the experience. And if someone said to me, "Oh, is it all right if I people, yeah, yeah, is it all right if someone comes and shadows the Muslim vibe team for a week? Like, well, why
2: not? There you go. See, yeah. yeah, that's where the hub comes in. But
0: only, yeah. only <laughs> we'll, we'll do that
1: if if you get a month out of Tahir. If oh. you get a month out of me. I would, yeah.
2: I would convince the rest. There you go, done. Yeah, the thing is, you the way you sold it to him was even I didn't want to do it because like every day five pm no. So let's say it's one <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> once a month, like two hours. I just wanted to burden <laughs> him to a point what, what, that he wouldn't say a yeah. catering situation like? Oh,
1: it'd be good food, food, don't worry. Wings. Wings. I'm a foodie, so okay, you can trust that. Don't worry. Let's yeah, take yeah, this good.
0: conversation <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much for coming in. Of course, in. my pleasure. Um, I, I I know we spoke about doing this history. I remember I, when we first met. I said we should definitely kind of do something. Yeah, and then do remember it all. Kind of fizzled out But we're back here Thank you very much For coming in And for, for sharing your experience And your Your personal stories as well Absolutely um, and, and we wish you all the best
2: Yeah Thank you so much And thank you to, for the listeners And inshallah They'll be in touch And let's see what happens Inshallah Pleasure's mine Thank you
1: So Tahir That was our conversation With us then yep. Your thoughts Very insightful uh, I was really intrigued About his uh, Hub project Which should yeah. be Quite interesting Uh, we've had similar projects here and there but nothing consistent enough inshallah it does take off i mean he's he's still in the room so you're being very measured in what you're saying yeah shall we record another outcast after he leaves yeah we'll
0: do another outro once he's gone we we can tell what we really think (laughs) um but yeah no i i think ultimately from my perspective um just thinking about young people it's something that i probably have forgotten in terms of like looking at younger people and how and what we should be doing for them um with our kind of limited um experience and and i guess relative luxury that we have in terms of just being a bit more settled down and whatever
1: um but our self-centered nature we go through life and yeah and identified mentoring being a key part of life where you should be able to mentor somebody else and I think ultimately, in a—I I don't think I mentioned this—but
0: like in a community structure and setup, we're lucky that we have the opportunity. Yeah. So I have a, a community center that I go to, you know, go for Friday prayers and whatever else. And there is a—it's a
1: large community. Yeah. We've got physical platforms, uh, non-physical platforms like the Muslim vibe that we could utilize. Yeah. Uh, and now we've got a, a potentially physical platform with China. the hub. Yeah. Um, so these are things that we could utilize, that we're privileged enough to utilize. And, and now it's time, you know, to inspire, motivate the younger generation uh, and hopefully mentor them out there
0: 100%. as well. Sonata, yeah. um, do you have any final words on your first and last ever podcast appearance? I'll
1: be back. Really? <laughs> are you that confident? <laughs> yeah. The, pe- the people are going to uh, want you back. Hassam is lazy. That's, that's very prob- true. He's probably going to need me as a substitute next time around. It, it, I,
0: he probably will, but
1: he... Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Um, we'll see what the
0: feedback is. Yeah. We'll wait for Waseem's feedback. Waseem yeah. is, is a good friend of ours who, this who is... This is
1: a way of getting Waseem to listen to the he's podcast. He's definitely going to listen. Waseem has never listened to a podcast.
0: He refuses to listen to yeah. Muslim.
1: He's like you. Just wants to hate on the Muslim vibe. Yeah. Just because I'm involved. I've got to admit, it's harder than it looks. Oh, really? The mic's straight in your face and you have to... You know, make things up on the spot uh, are, you, are you just admitting that you're blagging everything you were saying on this podcast i tend to do that with most of my life <laughs> <laughs> so it's not limited to the podcast the book as well right lost and found yeah, that good. isn't a blag. that okay. is inspired
0: The uh, well, life's work pretty
1: much yeah pretty much yeah
0: um all right on that note thank you very much tahir for for joining me thank you to aslan as well for appearing on the podcast um once again, to all of our listeners, uh, be sure to give us a five-star rating. If you haven't already subscribed, then please do subscribe. No pressure. No you pressure. You don't need to give five stars. No, no, no it, It's very be simple. Be honest. If it's a three-star podcast, no, give a three stars. No, if it's a three-star podcast, you give us five stars, but then in the comment, write this is actually a three-star rating. Or you can do both. Because X, Y, Z. No, no, I, I just want the five stars. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. And uh, be sure to tune in next week when we're going to have most probably another fantastic and fascinating guest.
1: Thank <laughs> you.